Blart of Darkness Written by Jim Rennie and AI Dungeon Can you tell where the real person writer ends and the AI begins? Let's see. In last week's chapter, Paul Blart walked through a mysterious door in his mall and ended up in the 1960s. After being declared sane by Dr. Max, he is enlisted in the US Army to fight in Vietnam. His close ally Hunter is killed, and the last time we saw Blart, he was walking into a village to massacre those who were responsible. This is Blart of Darkness, Chapter 2. Paul Blart sits perched at the top of a large tree. Half his clothes are torn off and any skin exposed is covered in multiple layers of blood. The graceful light of the moon illuminating the beauty and horror of the man Paul Blart has become. The animal. The pure soldier of vengeance. The visceral visions of the hellish nightmare, drenched in screams and blood, play on a loop in Blart's mind. Sometimes it is a pleasant memory. Other times he moans the loss of his innocence. The man he was before was a simple, jovial buffoon who relied on stuttering, segues and a love of mall security to get him through his day. Now he was an angel of death. The righteous wrath of his fury had fuelled a brutal and very much longer than necessary assault on those who had killed his friend Hunter. He was the hunter now. A hunter with no prey left to kill. In the days that followed, Blart took to wandering the vast jungle. (laughs) He encountered... He didn't encounter anybody, and even in that short time, the combination of isolation and the fact that he was now a mass murderer had warped him into a rather unsavoury and alert character. His mission, should he choose to accept it, was to kill every single person who had ever taken an innocent life, to kill all those who had brought about the death of his friends. Week went by, weeks went by, and Paul Blart had not encountered a soul, not a single human being. His days were spent traversing the jungles and his nights were spent drinking himself into oblivion. He had killed over a dozen people. He didn't know and couldn't care less. Who goes there? Are you friendly? A voice shouts out through the trees. Paul Blart turns his head in the direction of the sound and his eyes catch a glimpse of a figure holding a shotgun. Fuck off and die, you bloodthirsty son of a bitch! Paul Blart screams and leaps on the figure. There is an intense struggle and Paul Blart, without realising, has torn the body apart so viciously that it is barely recognisable as a human. Hashtag. Hashtag. Chapter 5. Underscore, underscore. The next morning, underscore. Paul Blart stood over the dead body of Hunter. (laughs) Dr Max appeared behind the body. Hello, Paul Blart. I see things are going well in Vietnam. You've become an incredibly efficient and brutal killing machine. How does it feel? Asks Dr Max. Fuck you. I'm done with you. I'm done with this place. I want to go home, Paul Blart replies. You want to return to 2022 and become a simple mall cop once again? Do you not enjoy the savage ecstasy of slaying people indiscriminately? Asks Dr Max. I enjoy killing those who are responsible for taking my friend away from me. That's all that matters. If it weren't for the people responsible for his death, I wouldn't be here now. Surely the magic door that you time-travelled through is responsible. 
Surely the magic door that you time-travelled through is responsible. Dr Max laughs. Dr Max asks. I don't believe in magic. I believe in the power of my actions. I am the cause of my own fate. I make this happen, Paul Blart replies. Dr Max goes to sit down, but there is no chair. Paul Blart walks over to a large tree with leaves that hang over his head and sits down in the branches. Is that what you call the savage's savage ecstasy? I'm afraid that question makes no sense, Paul Blart, says Dr Max, who is now sitting on a chair that formed out of thin air. Why does my question make no sense? Why am I surrounded by trees and no chairs? Paul Blart replies. Dr Max says, I think it is safe to assume that you have fully lost your mind, dear boy. In this place we can manifest any object you desire. Let's have fun with that, shall we? Let's see what we can conjure up. Paul Blart thinks about what he would like to see. He chooses a large branch that looks strong enough to bear his weight and breaks it off the tree. Paul Blart is about to sit on it when Dr Max appears, holding a chair. Why sit on a branch when you can dream any chair you like? We must take full advantage of this opportunity to fantasise. Most people never get to experience this level of lucidity, Dr Max says. This is a dream, Paul Blart. A dream within a dream, if you will. I suggest you take it and run with it. I suggest you make this into the best dream of your life. Okay, Dr Max, I'll imagine something, Paul Blart says. Paul closes his eyes and he tries very hard to imagine something. When he opens his eyes, he can see himself in a mirror. He is wearing a fresh mall security uniform. He is clean. He is in footlocker. He is about to take his break. Then his eyes move down and sees his gun holster. It is empty. Paul Blart stands there as a ghost, floating above his own body. Well, jeez, I must say this is very bizarre. I have never become a ghost on duty before. Very unprofessional. Paul Blart says. At that moment, Dr Max exits a locker room. That's the spirit. Imagine something else, says Dr Max. Okay, Dr Max. I want to be a space marine. I want to be a space marine. I want to be a space marine. And at that moment, Paul Blart finds himself floating across the surface of the moon. He can see himself in a space marine uniform. He is in a massive underground base. He is ready to take a patrol. Let's see what we can find here on the moon. This is a dream, right? I can do whatever I want, right? Let's see if I can kill people in a dream, huh? Excellent decision, my boy, says Dr Max. Paul Blart walks out into the moon's night. It is pitch black and very cold. He sees an alien who has parked illegally. He points his gun at the alien and pulls the trigger. The alien explodes. It's just like shooting people in the real world, right? I can shoot aliens in my dreams. I'm a space marine, says Paul. Isn't this tremendous fun? asks Dr Max. Just as Paul Blart is about to run into a gaggle of aliens, he realises he is zooming along at great pace. He looks down in wonderment and joy to discover he is on a segway. A space segway, no less. It is as if he is some sort of space marine cyborg speeding across the moon's surface. Suddenly, the segway flips over. This is just like in the game. I'm a space marine on patrol. I have a space segway says Paul Blart. Paul Blart thinks he hears screaming. A person in trouble? That's what I used to do. I used to help people. Only in a mall. I used to be a mall cop, not a space marine. Wait a minute, says Paul Blart. 
Dr. Max, whose head was now replaced with that of a gigantic sea lion, said reassuringly, Let it take you, Paul Blart. Let's go and stay here with me. Never, you sea lion doctor fuck, Paul Blart screams as he trips over the segway. This wakes him up with a start and he falls out of a tree and hits the ground hard. There is blackness for what only feels like a few seconds before Paul Blart wakes up in a familiar looking hospital. Dr Max enters. Welcome back, Paul Blart, Dr Max says cheerfully. I must say you were very good at this. Very deep trance, very lucid. You must be a very spiritual person. Not to my knowledge. Was this all a dream? Did I dream Vietnam? Says Paul. No, no, that all happened. You mutilated several dozen people to death with your bare hands. Wouldn't call you so sane now, would we? I regret letting you leave. That won't happen again, says Dr Max mournfully as he leaves. I'm not mad, I can prove it. You don't even have the head of a sea lion anymore. What does that tell you, pleads Paul. I'm afraid that's not enough for our court system, Paul Blart. You are still classified as a psychopath. Sorry, I wish I could help you. Paul Blart knew what he had to do. He had to call upon all of his training, all of his instincts and break out of the hospital and drive back to the mall. It is very dark out, but Paul Blart knows where he is going. He knows the route he took that day when he was shot. He remembers the Segway flipping over. He immediately dismisses this thought as it is probably a symptom of the brain damage he suffered when he fell out of the Vietnamese tree. He waited until nightfall and he monitored the events and the movements of the guards. Every 15 minutes, guard one would pass. Every 15 minutes after that, guard two would pass. He just had to time his move carefully, incapacitate but not kill one of the guards, get in a car and drive back. It couldn't have been simpler. When he reached his car, Paul Blart found a note on the steering column. It reads, it read, Keys in glove compartment. He took the note and smashed it into a ball and threw it in the trash. He started the car, backed out of his parking space and drove away. He was free. He was back in his life. Paul Blart recognises the road. He will make his way back to the mall, which is an army base in the 1960s. He drives through the streets of the city of Santa Fe and he thinks of the alien, Max, and the alien's head. This feels good. This feels right, he says to himself. There it is! Paul Blart shouts to himself, unsatisfied with just realising something in his mind. He does need to shout it out loud to fully process it. He walks into the base and nobody bats an eye as he walks right through to the room he appeared in when he time travelled. He looks at the red door for a minute. Well, here goes. Paul Blart pulls the handle down and opens the door. He sees them all. His trusty Segway is parked where he left it. He cannot believe he is home. I made it, I made it, I made it, he says to himself. He looks at the time. It's quarter to twelve. I have time to save Cindy. Save who? asks Clive, a fellow mall cop. Why are you dressed like an old army dude? I'm dressed like an old mall security guard. I'm going to save the love of my life, Cindy. That's who, says Paul Blart. It turned out he was still mad. Must be the time travel madness, shouts Paul. Do you want me to call someone, says Clive. Pal Blart snaps out of it. No, no, I'm just playing a practical joke. It's a reference. It's like, you know, a thing. One of those things. It's nothing. It's okay. You don't get it. We're cool. It's cool. Paul Blart must have been feeling better as he had stumbled 
into his hilarious comedy routine of stumbling. Luckily I always keep a spare mall cop uniform in my locker, in case of spillage. I eat a lot because I'm fat. It's humorous, says Paul. Clive leaves and Blart goes to get changed. A while later and Paul Blart is weaving effortlessly through the swathes of people he has sworn to protect. He will take time to process the events of the past that he had just experienced. He'll do some research and see if a US soldier called Paul Blart had mauled anyone. Hopefully it was a dream. Maybe he needed more sugar and his hypoglycemia was simply playing up. That was possible. Blart, disturbance near the sunglasses stand. Get there pronto, says a voice over his walkie-talkie. Within minutes his Segway screeches to a halt. What seems to be the problem? says Blart, calmly. All the while, the screaming of tormented, torn-apart men echoes in his head. He may have imagined it all, but the images will always remain. He will forever be the Blart of Darkness. And thus concludes the reading of chapters 1 and 2 of Blart of Darkness, Written by, and read, by, me, Jim Rennie, with the aid of AI Dungeon, which I didn't read at the start, but it like generates story artificially. You probably got that. Well, there we go. What a saga, eh? Who'd have thought it? Um, as you might imagine, I had the title first. Title first, and then it, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to get AI Dungeon to, to oddly enough, for it to, to know that I wanted to do a time travel story in Vietnam. Wait a second. Oh, leg click. Um, yep, just padding for time until we get to 15 minutes, because I feel like 15 minutes is the most ex- the first most acceptable kind of length <laughs> if you're going to do a short episode. Uh, yeah, so I hope you've enjoyed that. Um you'll not believe how many attempts it took to get an episode out I'd um I can't remember how much I've said in previous podcasts that I was going to do but I watched so many Kevin James movies man I watched The Zookeeper I watched Here Comes the Boom Grown Ups 2 fucking aye and um yeah I did I honestly I did try and kind of create a try, try and create a, th- a theory about those comedies and those films and see if we couldn't mine something quite interesting about them and honestly I tried I actually recorded an episode where I spoke about Here Comes the Boom for an hour and seven minutes (laughs) and um, yeah listen back to it and believe it or not this is better so hopefully I'm done saying the words Paul Blart for a while now can I try and watch bunch of movies that don't have Kevin James on them um, yep yeah, so um, if you I know you probably didn't enjoy this one so if you didn't don't worry there's other there's better ones if, if you know if you're going to recommend it to your friends you know unless this is your thing and if you if you want to <laughs> hear more links in the dis- links in the description give us a shout uh, yeah alright well that, that's podcasting for you Thanks very much and uh, see you later.